from MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Wilts Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Today we'll talk about different ways to access the Internet and Internet privacy. Is it harder to access the Internet in certain areas? For what reasons might your Internet be running slowly? Later, we'll talk about Internet privacy. Does your employer or the government know everything you're doing on the Internet? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING to let us know, do you trust the Internet? Or email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Wilts Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Today we're talking about different ways to access the Internet, and we'll talk about Internet privacy a little later. Is it harder to access the Internet in certain areas? For what reason might your Internet be running slowly? Later we'll get into Internet privacy. Does your employer or the government know everything you're doing on the Internet? Probably so, but we'll try to get a clear answer. You can give us a call <laughs> this morning at 877-MPB-RING if you have any questions about Internet access and different Internet technologies, how to connect to the Internet. Give us a call if you're having issues with your Internet running running slowly, you want to try to diagnose it, 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Jeremy, and Wiltz is on the phone. Wiltz, uh, thank you for broadcasting live from wherever you are. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I'm up here this morning in beautiful, sunny Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, nice. Okay. Are you there on a tech business? I know I'm getting personal here, but you're doing some, uh, some tech on a tech mission? Oh, yeah, definitely a tech mission. We, uh, quarterly, we have uh, enterprise-wide admin meetings to kind of discuss uh, governance and and what we're doing to make things more stable and everything else within Nucor, keeping our technology fresh and, and revived and all that kind of fun stuff. So, yeah, it's kind of a, a brain trust of nerds all sitting around a table trying to figure this stuff out. <laughs> Sounds fun. Uh, well, so let's talk about some some tech news. Um, I was reading on the internet and I saw uh, there is a new MacBook Pro with a Touch Bar coming out. And uh, I don't have a MacBook, so this didn't really excite me because I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, okay, what are the advances here? But is this something that uh, folks should be excited about, Jeremy? What do you think? I'm honestly not too excited about it myself. Um, when I saw the ad for this thing pop up on Facebook, I was like, oh, cool, a new MacBook. Maybe it has a touchscreen. Nope, just nope. a little bar that you can touch. <laughs> and Apple's got to always be the ones that are different, you know. So that it, why, why, why put a full touchscreen on a laptop? That would just make sense. That would be practical. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not the only one who feels this way. There are a lot of people who feel that the MacBook Pro is a, a professional machine. It was for, you know, business use a lot of the time, like graphic designers and stuff like that. And this bar just in, unnecessarily increases the price of the unit. 
Okay, and it has on the bar emojis that you can touch and It's not that it's not neat. It it is cool that it that it changes and all these different things, but overall it's a gimmick. It's okay. not gonna it's not gonna stick around. So as far as the functionality or any real advancements in this new MacBook, are there any? No. I mean, I mean, you, obviously you've got, you know, state-of-the-art technology in it, but as far as the bar itself goes, don't just run out and get it because of that new bar. It ain't worth it. Okay. Uh, the 13-inch MacBook Pro, I think, is priced around 1700 bucks, and it doesn't have the bar, and it's, you know, specced with everything else that the other one is. So I would say go with that, because the bar adds a significant amount to the cost. It's $2,400 for the, oh, low, for the <laughs> lowest end unit. $2,400. Well, I was going to pose a question to both of you, because I am in the market for a new laptop. I've mm-hmm. had mine for about four or five years, mm-hmm. and it is just functioning so poorly that I can hardly do anything on it. It takes five seconds for a new tab to come up on the internet. Um, Tragedy. I, I've gotten it cleaned. My, my dad is a computer guy, so I've gotten it cleaned, yeah. and it's still running slowly. It's a Lenovo Yoga, okay. so it has this capability. It's touchscreen, and it, it folds backwards and all these things. Mm-hmm. I want something a little more powerful that can do video editing and some music editing. I do not want to pay for a MacBook, but I've heard that it is the system that is best for something like video editing. That's true to an extent. Um, I would say um, a, a lot of the software these days um, is available on both types. It really just depends on how how big into video editing are you getting. Like, what mm. are you really trying to do? You just put just in some small captions social media and stuff. different things like yeah. that. Yeah. See, oh, you wouldn't need you wouldn't need to get a Mac just to be able to do that. There's plenty of desktop software that will do that for you. Okay. So, Wiltz, what do you think as far as a, a MacBook equivalent when it comes to laptops? Well, now, you know, what I have sitting in front of me right here, I've, I've really enjoyed, and I think it's a little bit on the on the pricey side, in my opinion. It could be better than the pricing, but the uh, the Microsoft Surface Book. Hmm. Okay. Uh, what I've really enjoyed with it, and we've started looking at it, especially for Apple Work, uh, funny you mentioned the video aspect. Uh, one of the nice things about the Surface Book over the regular Surface, and you see a lot of times advertised on on uh, TV and all, that it actually has a discrete video processor in it, which actually assists it to be able to do those kind of things, along with the fact that it's also touchscreen. The screen pops off, so it becomes a tablet. Uh, I've been really impressed with it for that because I'm kind of doing those same kind of things, just trying to, you know, playing with small video, playing with a little bit of music. Uh, My son's wanting to start getting into recording some music. So it's been good for me. It still runs a little bit on the pricey side. Um... The one I'm sitting on right now, the same price as that uh, that MacBook Air, Jeremy was mentioning about seventeen, eighteen hundred bucks. Hmm. But as far as for its capabilities, I mean, it's really just been been really capable. Okay, well, that's something I'll, I'll have to look into. Uh, another piece of news I saw, of course, iPhone news sticks out to me now that I have an iPhone. Um, uh, I'm just going to read this paragraph. This is from Forbes.com. It says, there's a very good chance that you have at least one app that makes you vulnerable to a new security risk. So according to a researcher, he discovered this flaw in iOS. It could be targeted from just about any messaging app that's available from the App Store. So is this a concern that um, most iPhone users should have, or do you think this is something that will pass? It's definitely something that's going to pass, but it's going to take time for Apple to patch it, which will probably be in the next couple of weeks here. You'll have a patch for that. 
Okay, so should I update? <laughs> because I still haven't hey, updated. Uh, oh, yeah, you're still not on 10? No, I'm not. Oh, man, you're going to get that home button push to unlock thing. You're going to love that because you're going to swipe your screen and it's not going to unlock for See? you. Uh, yeah, I do not. That, that is one feature I could have really done without. Yeah, <laughs> it's all because of that fingerprint scanner, man. Um, I would say, yeah, probably you need to update. Okay, because it could possibly it, it could cost bugs. you money. They mm-hmm. can they can make your phone make phone calls that it's not making, and they can use it to do lots of other nefarious things. So yeah, yeah, unfortunately, I'd say it might be time to bite the bullet. Okay, uh, well, well a, go ahead. Also, we'll, some of our listeners out there also um, news that just hit. Well, we're talking about the, the iPhone world. Android just kind of got hit with another big one. They're saying about no. seven hundred million. Androids may be vulnerable in sending your information. So everyone needs to be on the lookout for these patches coming out because there's some uh, there's some nasty little critters floating around out there. Unfortunate, unfortunate. Well, today we're going to be talking about the Internet, in particular uh, Internet access, choosing an, an Internet service provider and uh, Internet privacy. We'll get into those things today. So let's uh, go ahead and start the conversation about Internet access. Uh, my first question is, can anybody access the Internet? Pretty much if you live in America, can anybody access the Internet or does it depend on where you live in the city, uh, in a rural area or what? Location is definitely always key when it comes to accessing the Internet. Um, The rural areas are always going to struggle with this until, I don't know, Google or Facebook or somebody comes up with something. I know in other countries they're working on ways to put drones out there to allow Internet access and those different things. But those are all things that are still in development anyways. Um, locally in your, in your bigger cities, you should be able to get free Wi-Fi from most of your cafes and, you know, McDonald's and things like that. Um, uh, as far as your connections that are available to you, um, dial up really, nobody should be on dial up anymore. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's too slow to do what you want to do. Your computer's pulling too many updates. Your virus protection is doing too many things. It's, it's just not feasible to run dial up anymore on a modern system. Yeah, we're and we're going to get in into those those different ways and you know just to to feed off something you said um you know in some cases, there is an economic issue with Internet access. In some cases, it's a literacy issue. So when we talk about something like the digital divide and people simply not knowing how to use the Internet, uh, do you think that is still a uh, huge issue, Wilts? Is that something you're seeing among generations that the digital divide is causing an issue with uh, Internet use? Well, I think it really is. I think, uh, you know, a couple of things, just us mentioning the fact of, you know, we're always hearing about these vulnerabilities on different operating systems. Um, We talked about the prices of some of these different devices that we're looking at. And when you really start looking at the generational, I mean, you know, to a lot of millennials, Gen Xs and Gen Yers, we've grown up kind of around it. I know we didn't have it when I was real, real young. We started getting computers in school right toward the end. I guess I'm telling my age a little bit, but... But the digital divide is definitely getting some folks. There's an intimidation out there because, especially, I think some of the older generation are very used to a lot of trust, you know. Um, and when they start going into the digital world, you hear about all these things not to trust. And I think it does tend to intimidate a few folks. And it's like, oh, you know, what's up with this Wi-Fi thing? Um, there's definitely a little scary factor that comes into that that I think that we as IT professionals need to help to clarify and get them passed yeah uh we have a quick call to jump to lynn is in lena with a question good morning lynn what do you have for us 
Uh, I was listening, and then you were talking about the um, the nefarious things with the new messaging apps. Mm-hmm. My question is this. I have a 4S, and I know that's a dinosaur, but um, are, is that phone so old that it, would, it wouldn't even be for this? Because I haven't done updates for about the last two because my phone doesn't run them well. The 4S is only going to update so far. Um, I'm not exactly sure where it stops. I think it's iOS version 8. Um, so running that update is actually still going to leave your phone vulnerable to this uh, this problem. Um, now, I could be misspeaking because uh, it's possible that it doesn't affect older versions, but at this point in time, I would say um, even if you do apply the updates, you're only going to be able to go so far. Whoops. Well, I, yeah, that's what I've, I've, I have younger children who have newer phones, and, of course, they've gone on up through all the updates, but uh, it would, probably was 8 that really bogged us down, bogged me down on my phone. And so I, I don't think I ever did nine or 10 um, because I just, you know, I was afraid to, uh, you know, the, that it, it just wouldn't accept it or that it would, would mess up. So, I mean, is that what you would recommend is don't do those updates and just maybe Santa Claus will bring me a new phone? Uh, yes, sir. I think that would be a good way to go because I, I had an iPad 2 uh, that I tried to update last year and it's never come back on again. So, yeah, I would say... <laughs> Just err on the side of caution. Okay. And when, which apps? Now, I don't have a lot of messaging apps other than just regular text messaging. I don't do Instagram or, or um, I do have Twitter, but I, I don't ever use it. But, I mean, what what apps are, are, the, are the ones that might be the vulnerable ones? The messaging app itself is vulnerable to this. So, okay. unfortunately, there's no way to avoid it. I got you. All right, Lynn. Thank you so much for your call, Lynn. We appreciate it. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we will continue the conversation about Internet access. We'll talk about the different ways you can connect to the Internet. If you're having any issues connecting uh, particular devices in your home to the Internet, you can give us a call if you have any questions about satellite, Internet, broadband, what's fast, what's uh, more or less costly. Call us at 877-672-7464. We do have some lines open. Also, we'll get into Internet privacy a little later in the show. Do you trust the Internet or are you worried that the government your employer, somebody is watching what you do. 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464, or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be back in just a moment. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined in studio by Jeremy Thompson. Wilts Couture is on the phones with us. And today we are talking about Internet access and Internet privacy. For what reasons might your Internet be running slowly? If you're having any kind of issues accessing the Internet or connecting your devices to the Internet, you can give us a call. Any thoughts you may have about the digital divide and Internet access, call us at 877-MPB-RING. If you want to talk about satellite Internet, broadband, DSL, 
sell any of those things, any any of those Internet technologies, give us a call at 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. All right, we're going to go back to the phones now. Kenny is in Henleyville with a question. Good morning, Kenny. What do you have for us? Hey, good morning. A couple things. First of all, I'm uh, a satellite Internet work-at-home user, and uh, I've got probably 90 95% reliability. Most of the time it's it's pretty good. Uh, I won't mention the company name, but uh, other than their marketing strategy, which is sometimes questionable, their service is great. Okay, satellite internet. All right, and so uh, is that one that's more or less popular? Because I don't, I don't recall hearing a, a lot of positive things about satellite internet. I was going to say yeah. he should say the name of the company. Ninety-five percent. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah. Share with us. Uh, Who is this? Uh, I, it is actually HughesNet, and I know they get uh, they don't get a good uh, a lot of good comments about their service, but uh, I, I do CAD work from home. And uh, so I, I do move a lot of data at times. And uh, except for when the weather's really bad, uh, most of the time I have good, good connection, good speed. All right. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a, good, a relief to hear. <laughs> yeah, it is, Kenny. Uh, so yeah. let's yeah, – did you have something else, Kenny? Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, currently I'm, I'm using a desktop uh, model computer. Uh, I have two monitors hooked up. Uh, I want to hook up a third monitor. I have an older HDMI monitor. Is there a HDMI to USB cord out there somewhere that I might could find? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can get uh, USB uh, to HDMI video cards off of Amazon. Um, I don't. I would read reviews to be sure that you get one that's pretty solid, uh, especially if you can find someone that's doing similar applications that you're doing. Uh, but yeah, absolutely, they exist. Okay, and I can and I can uh, port it into a USB and uh, and just format it. Yes, sir. Oh, that's awesome! Well, that's all I got. Other than the fact, I totally love the show. It's uh, it saved my bacon multiple times. So kudos <laughs> to you guys. Thanks. All awesome. right, Kenny. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Uh, we'd love to hear from you today. We're talking about internet access. How do you access the internet? Do you use satellite internet? Uh, do you have the fiber internet, wireless broadband? Tell us what do you use? Are you satisfied with it? Maybe you're having some uh, connecting issues, issues connecting to the internet. You want to give us a call? You can do so. We do have all our lines open. 877-MPB-RING is the number. That's 877-672-7464. Also, we're going to talk about internet privacy. Uh, do you trust the internet or are you worried that someone might be watching your internet activity? 877-MPB-RING is the number or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Um, so, Wilts, uh, since our last caller brought up the satellite internet, um, talk a little bit about who would satellite satellite internet be most useful for. Um, so, if you live in a particular area, uh, who would use satellite internet and why? Well, generally, satellite is going to go to those those much more rural areas. Usually, they're not serviced by you know, uh, say, a DSL or cable provider. Um, you know, for example, my father actually, for the longest time, actually had um, actually had HughesNet out of his house. Um, unfortunately, his experiences were not nearly as good as Kenny's appeared to be. But um, 
really a service is those areas that just they're just not getting those lines to you. And and luckily that is changing a lot. Uh, we still have a few areas in Mississippi that are still lacking it, but there's been a lot of a lot of effort put into expanding connectivity for people because it really is it's an educational outlet. It uh it, it you know brings so much to those communities. So we're seeing less and less applications for it, but it is actually still there. All right. Um, and so earlier, Jeremy, you were talking about dial-up and how it's antiquated. So is, is dial-up pretty much where it all began when it came to Internet access? For the general public, absolutely. Okay. Um, I would say dial-up is just like I, the reason I say it's not an option is because I have one client that used dial-up until uh, about three months ago. And uh, the reason was because she upgraded to Windows 10. And as you know, Windows 10 does not ask if you want to update. It just goes out and pulls the updates. So she was emailing me saying that her Internet connection was just super slow and, and she didn't know what was going on. And I said, it's, it's your dial up. It's, it's your computer. It's going out there and it's phoning home for all kinds of information and your connection just can't handle it. Mm-hmm. So uh, if yeah, go ahead, Wilts. I was going to say, but the only thing that I'm really actually even still seeing dial-up being used for is still those areas that still use fax machines. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I still see it there, but all that sending is just some very, very simple, uh, you know, text information. So it's not really trying to do a lot. But, Lord, I don't think I've seen dial-up connectivity for folks in, in quite a few years. I bet you she was having some pretty painfully slow Internet access. She was, and since then she's upgraded to uh, broadband. Uh, She's actually doing DSL now, and she's much happier because she can actually use her computer. So how does DSL work for folks who may not know? Uh, DSL, it's similar to uh, dial-up as far as, like, using your uh, home phone line to do it. Um, That's how it connects anyways. Um, It's a little bit faster, but it's um, still on the slow side for what today's standards are. Now, I know on a previous show we had discussed how the average uh, uh, bandwidth for the United States was uh, 4 megabits per second, which is uh, incredibly slow, and it has to be because of all the rural areas that we have in the United States that make it so uh, but AT&T is not helping with their uh, extremely slow DSL connections. I actually went to a client's house the other day, and they had UVerse. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, UVerse, yeah, you got to be pulling 15, 25, 2 megabits per second. Ooh. I couldn't believe it. He is now a Comcast customer. He has 30 times the speed that he did. Interesting. He's very happy. Interesting. Um, so is... DSL cheaper? I mean, if, you know, when folks are, are exploring in, the ways to connect the Internet, is it, is it a matter of cost? So I asked to see his bill, and believe it or not, he was paying $50 a month for that. And I, I, I was like, for $10 more, you can get 30 times the speed. This is a no-brainer. So, yeah, he ran out and did it, and he's he's quite happy. And it's interesting. It's Go like ahead, Wilts. Yeah, I'm in that same boat. I'm stuck with DSL. And I can verify I'm paying that $50 a month, um, but Comcast just won't come into my neighborhood for whatever reason. It's right outside of my neighborhood, but none of us in my neighborhood can get it. And, yeah, maybe, you know, quite a few years ago, DSL, in my opinion, was great. It it, it had a few advantages, but it's one of those, in my opinion, a technology that has – it's just kind of uh, matured beyond its usefulness. 
Yep. We expect so much more out there, and it's, it's just not able to deliver, unfortunately. And I bet every time you see a Comcast truck drive through your neighborhood, you're just you know, filled with... Oh, I, I, yeah, I give them the evil eye, man. I got that <laughs> And it's interesting the way these uh, Internet service providers work because, like you said, Wilts, in some areas they work and some they don't. Some people are very happy with UVerse. Some, some people are very uh, happy with Comcast. So sometimes it just depends on where you are because I've had that problem trying to get uh, Wi-Fi. And, uh, you know, they're, they're saying, oh, this tower is in this area, so you're not going to be able to connect. And so it's, it's very it can get complex. Uh, we have lots of calls to get to. Rachel is in Clarksdale with a question. Good morning, Rachel. What do you have for us? Hi, I have uh, DSL and Wi-Fi, and I have an iPad, and a lot of times when I will try to connect to the Internet, it'll say you have no connection. I have to get up and unplug the little modem, modem, excuse me, and then plug it back in to get a connection, and that is so frustrating for the amount of money that I, I can't tell you exactly how much it is because I can't remember. My uh, bills are all bundled, but I feel like I should be getting better service than I'm getting with it. Uh, it kind of sounds to me like your modem might need to be replaced. Um, occasionally, they do just kind of get finicky after a while. So I would talk to your subscriber uh, about getting a uh, another device. I did. They did. I did call them a month or so ago, and they updated it online. I mean, somehow. I- well, see, that's a software update, and if there's a hardware problem with the device, that's not going to fix it. Okay. So I just need to call them back. Thank you yes, so ma'am. much. Yes, ma'am. All right, Rachel. Thank you so much for your call. Uh, we go next to Jim, who's in Madison, with a comment about Internet security. Good morning, Jim. What do you have for us? Uh, good morning. Um, the um, hard drive on my laptop crashed recently, oh. and I had to have it replaced under warranty, and um as I was setting up the new hard drive, I noticed that the default setting for um, Wi-Fi connections is automatically connect to all available um, networks, including unsecure networks, which is really dangerous for security purposes. So, of course, I didn't select that option. But it's just a warning. Anytime you're setting up um, Windows 10, be careful. That, uh, Jim, that would actually go for any device. Um, Android devices are the same way as our iPhones. If they see an open network by default, they will connect to it. So absolutely keep your eye on your Wi-Fi and keep an eye on what you're connected to. Okay, great. I've got one other question related to my hard drive crash. Sure. I had all my files backed up on an external hard drive, thank goodness. Um, but when I restored all the files, the bookmarks in Chrome did not restore uh, I have an HTML file that contains the bookmarks, but when I try to um, add the bookmarks back from the HTML file, nothing happens. Do you have any suggestions? So uh, are you going into the bookmarks manager and uh, importing the file? Right. Okay, so when you try to open the file, just nothing happens? Well, I can open the file and all the bookmarks are there. Uh-huh. But if I try to import those bookmarks into Chrome from the HTML file, nothing happens. I don't get any import. 
Um, I would say uh, possibly look at um, upgrading Chrome if there's an update available. You might even want to try to reinstall it. But um, I would also try to uh, use possibly another browser to see if maybe there's just a problem with the file, like Firefox. Um, see if you can import your bookmarks into that and see if it acts the same way. Because there may just okay. be, you know, there could be something off with the file and it just it discards it because it believes there's a problem. Hey, gotcha. Wilts, uh, anything you want to add to that one, buddy? No, that's about where, where my mind was going is try using like a, like you said, an Internet Explorer or something along those lines and see if it'll come back into there because that does just sound like a corrupted file to me. If you can view it, but Chrome won't accept it. Uh, I've noticed in the latest couple of updates of Chrome, it's been it's been a little picky with a few things. I've had um, not quite that issue, but I've had some some other issues with some plugins that I put into it also. So um, I kind of reiterate. If all else fails, I would remove Chrome and maybe reinstall it and try it over again as well. Well, I have the latest version of Chrome because I just installed it this week after I got the laptop back from Toshiba with ah, the new hard drive in it. Okay. So, yeah, I'll try that with Firefox and see if I can import it that way and maybe uh, import it into Chrome from Firefox. Now, uh, did Chrome come – you said you installed it yourself. It wasn't pre-installed? No, it was not. I okay. installed it myself. I would probably go in, if the Firefox thing pans out, I would go in and do a full removal and then reinstall it just fresh and, and see if that doesn't fix the issue. Okay. And also, I guess maybe when I restored all my files, it may have restored the older version of Chrome. I'm not sure about that. So I'll give that a try. That sounds easy enough. All right. Uh, Jim, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. We need to take a quick break. and we get back, we have Frank and Eddie and Scott to get to. We are talking about Internet access this morning, ways to connect to the Internet. If you have any questions about um, things that you use to connect to the Internet, satellite Internet, broadband, DSL. Uh, if you have any questions about those things, give us a call. And we're also going to talk about Internet privacy. Are you worried about your employers or the government uh, tuning into what you're doing on the Internet? If you have any questions or comments about that, 877-MPB-RING is the number. That's 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be back in just a moment. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back. I'm Sherita Brent here with our experts here on Everyday Tech. Uh, we have Jeremy Thompson in studio with me, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. And on the phone, Wilts Couture, information technology expert at New Core Steel Jackson in Flowood and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. Today we've been talking about different ways to connect to the Internet and Internet access in general. We have some calls to get to. We go next to Frank, who's in Jackson, with a comment. Good morning, Frank. What do you have for us? Oh, hey, Frank, you're on the air. <laughs> 
Yeah, a couple of things. Um, if you read your service contract on all of your Internet uh, programs, they only promise you five, a, a dial-up speed. And anything that they give you above that, if you have a problem, is at their discretion. So read your fine print on your contract. Number two, Internet access. There's a government program nicknamed Obama Phone, where you can get a free smartphone and Internet service. If you're on Social Security, get food stamps, about 30 government programs that uh, you can qualify for. So uh, there's no reason, no excuse for someone not to have Internet access. Go on. Now, I have heard of the uh, the phone that he spoke of. I know of some people who fall in that category where they were able to get a free phone and use it. Now, I don't know about the Internet access because I, I don't know. I mean, I was under the impression that you have to pay for most of those things. But I have heard about that phone. So uh, thank you so much. And, and reading the fine print is a, is a good thought, too, Frank. We appreciate it. Uh, we are going to go next to Eddie, who's in Meridian. Good morning, Eddie. What do you have for us? Hey, Eddie. Uh, desktop uh, hooked up to a DSL, AT&T DSL. Working okay for me, but uh, I was wondering, uh, is there an uh, alternative, like I used to read about uh, air cards or USB that you plug into the computer and get uh, your Internet uh, like your uh, smartphones do over the uh, cell phone network? Is that still a viable alternative or... Uh, most of the time these days, we don't use the air cards anymore. We actually just use like the MiFi's of a little hotspots. Um, I'm sure that they still make them, uh, but I would say uh, most companies go for the external devices. Okay, yeah, okay, that's something I haven't investigated. Uh, I've seen something called a Wi-Fi. I don't have Wi-Fi now in my in, in, in my setup because I don't have many rooms. It's just one room and me, and I'm right next to the computer and all like that, but so, so that is something I should look at if I want an alternative in case, you know, uh, another disaster and the phone lines or the DSL lines get, you know, get separated. That is uh, 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 that's a, a Wi-Fi, uh, would you, a Wi-Fi hotspot. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, sir. Exactly. Yeah. So this is like a device you buy that picks up the cell phone signal. Then you can just relay it to the computer. Correct. You would have to have a, a wireless adapter on your computer uh, in order to connect to it, but some of them also include a USB cord, and you can actually plug it directly into your computer. Okay, yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that plug it directly in the computer. And a Wi-Fi adapter is just like a, a, like a U, little low, uh, like a little small uh, flash drive or whatever that you just plug into it. Well, you said you could the, the Wi-Fi right directly in the computer, so that, there you go right there, right? Yeah, and it should come with, you know, it should pop up with a little software that you install, and then, boom, you're connected. So you could say that the uh, the, the Wi-Fi hotspot spot device is basically your your uh, cell phone antenna, and it's hardwired to the computer? Do I have that correct? Uh, essentially, yes. Okay. All right, well, because uh, I keep reading uh, that uh, AT&T is kind of, or maybe it's Verizon, they're, they're uh, abandoning landlines, you know, phone lines, because if they don't want to keep them up, they'd rather go over the air where you don't have any any property to take care of. Have you heard about that? What, what do you 
heard about that. Well, uh, things are definitely progressively going more wireless. Um, you know, as you see the the cellular phones going from 4G and LTE and so forth. So yeah, I, I believe that wires wires are more expensive to run than no wires. So I, I can see why everybody would be trying to embrace that. However. Uh, I believe it's going to be a long time before uh, wireless is actually faster than wired. Like, say, your fiber internet connections; those are those are highly superior to wireless. And I've read about those, but as to, for some reason, the, the the fiber only goes to a, a, a station outside your home. Does it actually connect to all? Does all the fiber go to your computer? If you were if you're on that kind of system. Uh, no, it would be uh, similar to any other kind of setup where you have a central box in your house that everything is tied into. Okay, so the fiber will actually go into a device in the house and uh, and uh, supposedly that's uh, more reliable or higher speed or something like that because of the fiber. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. Thank you very much. All right, Eddie. Thank you so much for your call. We're going to stay on the phones. Uh, Wiltz, did you have something? Oh, I was going to add in there, um, you know, definitely interesting about him you know, bringing up about the availability of your, your cellular broadband, essentially. But one thing I would like to caution a lot of our listeners to is that your, your, your iPhones, your Android phones, your tablets, et cetera, are not nearly as chatty or talkative as a computer is. Uh, something I think, Jeremy, you alluded to that before, the, uh, one of your customers having the problem once you went to Windows 10. So those cellular broadband connections, just so you know, because it is so much more chatty, that can really run you into some expense. Um, so you really need to be careful if you're doing that because you can run up some some gigabytes pretty fast, and you'll see that bill rise accordingly. So just something to be aware of. All right. Good thoughts, Wills. Thank you so much. Uh, we stay on the phone. Scott is in Jackson with a comment. Good morning, Scott. What do you have for us? Yeah, I just want to make a comment. Um, similar to what the last caller said, but... I know on my phone I have uh, unlimited uh, hotspot on my phone. So sometimes, you know, one time the case in and out. So uh, my phone and my TV, you know, the Wi-Fi is the hotspot. I was going to watch Netflix on my TV using my cell phone as an internet port. Of course, I have unlimited data, so it's not a charger. But um, this one I'm going to bring up. Okay, that's a good thought. Uh, unlimited data is awesome. I wish I had it. Yeah. I, I am currently suffering because I'm having to turn my mobile data off and just connect to Wi-Fi. So uh, kudos to you, Scott, for having unlimited data and, and making good use of it. We appreciate that call. Uh, we go next to Linda in Port Gibson with a comment. Good morning, Linda. What do you have for us? Yes, I've been listening to the program all morning and uh, I'm still waiting for you to speak of alternatives. Um, ways of getting onto the internet. I mean, you say uh, Wi-Fi or uh, 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 satellite or uh, fiber. Uh, can you tell me other ways of, of getting onto the internet? Because it is so expensive to use data. I mean, I just got one gigabyte of data yesterday and I'm almost down to one kilobyte. So, Linda, if I understand this correctly, you don't have a, a home Internet connection. You just use your cellular data? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, so I would say um, if there aren't any open uh, networks around you, 
um, that as far as Internet access goes, if it's too expensive, I would say uh, maybe check out your public library. Um, and if you have a laptop, uh, you know, you've always got your coffee shops and different things that you can go in to borrow their connection. Okay. Um, so we, we, we've talked about, Linda, uh, Linda, we've talked about uh, DSL and, and uh, satellite a little bit, but she asked about fiber as well. And mm-hmm. fiber is kind of a matter of availability because everybody can't get it. And also very expensive. Mm-hmm. Fiber is brand new, so it is very expensive. So and it's it, supposed to be the fastest out there, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, Linda, did you have anything else? Oh, another uh, thing I have is I have an iPhone 5S. And since I um, uh, since I switched to the uh, the newest series of uh, the newest version, I mean, when I go into certain applications, the freeze. I mean, I mean, I have to literally shut it down and turn it back on. Uh, I have AT and T. But uh, can you tell me what causing that freeze, caused an application to freeze? Uh, that could be a lot of different things. It could be that the update did not take on your phone. It could be that your apps themselves need to be updated. Uh, it could also be that the phone itself just needs to, to be reset and have that uh, update installed again. And too many apps open, uh, too. Yeah, mine got stuck yesterday, but it's because I had like 40 apps open. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, that causes a problem. Now, also, you want to check your uh, your storage on your phone because if you're if you're getting close to uh, full, your phone is just going to lock up on you because it, uh, a phone needs enough space to operate, and if it doesn't have it, it will go crazy. All right, Linda, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. We're going next to Maggie, who's on the road with a comment. Good morning, Maggie. What do you have for us? Hello? Hey, Maggie, you're on the air. Okay, yeah. Uh, I've been having an awful lot of problems with my... I live in the middle of nowhere, okay? I was originally on ATT and DirecTV. Well, I, after a couple of years of not being totally satisfied, I decided to change to a cable company. I better not mention their name. They might sue me. <laughs> but because uh, uh, you don't have a choice of which cable company you change, to because, you know, there's regulations, who has what areas. I changed. That lasted three weeks. Those people were so terrible. I had nothing but one problem after another. Apparently, their router had no firewall on it, and I could see the intruders trying to get into my systems, but I'm an old-time computer person, worked in the field for over 40 years. I had to even tell them how to hack hook up the router properly to get all my devices up. Wow. So in the meantime, I went back to ATT, okay? But I'm still having the pro- ATT, but my course, I'm back to DirecTV again. I am running ATT UVerse, but on the television side, it's DirecTV, a satellite, because uh, full UVerse is not in this area. Now, the problem I'm having, it seems to be persisting, the same problem I had before. I can't seem to stream because it's, I live in an old house. There's a quite a bit distance between the, the uh, you know, the router and the uh, television. And I'm having problems streaming, like movies, like if I try to go to Netflix or things like that. Uh, I did call DirecTV and talk with them. 
them, and they suggested that, you know, I get ATT back out there and that we run all the televisions and things off of coaxial cable. Now, they may have to do some cabling, I'm not sure, because, uh, I'm, you know, it's an old house and everything's kind of messed up. So do you all have any suggestions? I believe Wilts got that one. Wilts? Okay. Um, I think that uh, you're... Uh, you're maybe too far. Yeah, I apologize. Oh, no problem, man. Um, I think you're just a little bit maybe too far away from your uh, your devices. Uh, if you can move right, a little closer right, to the router, right. um, see if that would fix your issue just for testing purposes. And um, if if it does, then I would suggest installing a range extender in your uh, in your house. All right, Maggie. Uh, Wills, did you have anything to add? No, that's actually. Uh... Jeremy, that's exactly what I was thinking as well. It sounded to me like a, a distance issue that uh, that that could be definitely addressed with just a little bit of a little bit of physical moves there. Sorry about being I put the mute on in between there, just nothing beeps and bothers all the callers here. All right, Maggie, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. We go next to Sheila, who's in Panola County, with a comment. Good morning, Sheila. What do you have for us? Hey, I just wanted to comment on the air cards. Okay. Uh, they do exist, and a lot of your rural uh, police officers and sheriffs use them. Oh, okay. Interesting. All right, and I, and I don't know that I know what an air card does. It's, it's uh, essentially it's just, the same it's, thing. Uh, a, oh, go ahead. I'll let the expert. I have one, and I love it. Um, I got mine through Virgin Mobile, and um, it's just really nice because if I'm going to travel or something, I just put 50 bucks on it for like a month. And then when it runs out, it runs out, and that's hmm. the beauty of it. Well, the reason I, I say that most people would probably be better off with a MiFi is because you may have multiple devices that want to connect to it at the same time, and an air card is right. only going to work on one unit at a time. Oh, well, then look, mine is a MiFi, so that's not an air card? Well, essentially it's the same thing. They've just kind of changed the way that it attaches to your machine. Okay, because mine is a MiFi. Uh, but it's about the size of a credit card. Yeah, yeah, oh. that's that's the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I All like right. them. Okay. Well, y'all good. have a good day. I enjoy your show. All right. Thank you so much, Sheila. I appreciate it. Uh, we go next to Sue, who's in Perry County. Good morning, Sue. What is your question? Hello, Sue. You're on the air. Oh, hi. Hey. <clears throat> uh, I had AT and T. I live in a boondocks down here, back with the Mississippi in Perry County, and AT&T yanked a dial-up several years ago and didn't replace it with anything. They never did lay the cables for DSL. We can't get anything. Mm. And I'm in a wheelchair. I have to make a big trip. It's a Hollywood production to get in my car and go to a library to use a computer. And I would like to have service to look things up. And I had a blog site and things like that. Just simple things. I'm not going to be writing a book on it. But uh, I've heard that now I can get uh, some kind of internet service through ceasefire or verizon is that true or or not well uh do you have a smartphone already sue no okay um do you have any neighbors that do do you know how the signal is down there well we can't get we can't get wi-fi i know that well uh so wi-fi would be out of the question at this point um your uh you would have to go through either a wireless provider or a satellite provider to get internet access in your area 
Oh, well, my neighbors tried using it. They didn't like that. So, okay, so I, see. I mean, I, I'm, we're stuck out here. We, we, I feel like we could be on the moon for all. We can't communicate by computer, you know. Sure, sure. So what I would suggest is, is yeah, contacting Verizon or C Spire and um, seeing what they can provide in your area, seeing if they have coverage, and uh, going that route. That would be the best for you. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much, Sue. Uh, we have just a few minutes left, guys. So I, I wanted to talk about um, we can talk about how to choose an Internet service provider. Uh, so you should consider things like uh, your location. Uh, what is your goal? Uh, probably when you're trying to, to use the Internet. What are your thoughts on that? Because that can you know, be a challenging decision for some people. Well, another big decision that comes in when the, we talk about that is price. Um, what's it going to cost you and what are you getting for what you pay for? Because as I mentioned previously, uh, UVerse client getting two megabits per second for $50 a month, in my opinion, is paying too much. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. And I think another uh, another good thing, you know, you, you mentioned some really good things there, sure. You know, what are you wanting to accomplish for it, with it and everything else? A really good thing to do, talk to your neighbors. Find out what, uh, what are they using? What has their experience been? Because... Um, you know, we we can. There's there's tons of jokes about all the different providers out there. I mean, you know, me and Jeremy have even joked before. It's like, is there such thing as a really good internet provider? They're they're kind of like unicorns sometimes it seems. But in all honesty, some of the services really are good. But what may be good in my area may not necessarily be good in your area. And uh, just just simply just asking the neighbors, hey, what's your internet like? Does it stay up a lot? Does it go down every time it rains? Um, you know that that deals with landlines and not just your satellite providers. I mean, I know tons of people who have problems with the uh, with rainstorms coming through, which seem to be a uh, a long lost, forgotten thing in the state of Mississippi. We haven't seen that in a while, but it it can affect those landlines as well. So, so ask them what's going on and what has their experience been. All right, and uh, when it comes to privacy on the internet, we can just kind of close the show with this and oh uh, scare people. Uh, so. You know, should people be worried, especially if they're at work, about, uh, you know, what they're surfing on the Internet? Um, so we'll talk about the employer first and then the government second. So what, what, are your, what, are you, what are your suggestions for people when it comes to Internet surfing at don't, work? Don't, don't look at anything at work that you shouldn't be looking at. Don't try to go around the firewalls and the filters and the proxies. Don't do it. Just because they're going to be able to find they're going to catch you one way or another. They're going to catch you. Uh, your most of your employers have an agreement that you sign when you first become an employee that says, I'm not going to use this network for anything stupid. So if you do, you're risking your job. And uh, Wilts, you would be definitely the authority on this one. So what, what do you all do over at uh, Nucor? Well, I will tell you, if, uh, and, and I don't mean this to sound as big brotherish as some people may think it's going to sound. <laughs> if, an, if an email comes in, we actually do archive it and see it and scan it. And any Internet traffic that is going on, you know, full disclosure, yes, we can see all of it. Now, let me also add to that, if, you know, I do not spend my entire day looking at what people are looking at on the Internet. Notice he said his entire day. He spends <laughs> some of it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was told something many, many years ago, and I, I passed this on to a couple of teammates at work. Don't do anything on the computer, business or otherwise, that you wouldn't be willing to do in front of your grandmother. The, the bottom line is... is that well, it depends on employer, how wild your grandmother is. <laughs> well, that's a pretty wild grandma. That, that is true. Um, but, you know, and then you can also ask a lot of the celebrities out there, how secure is the Internet and how secure is their web surfing email? <laughs> yeah. And um, I think quite a few of them would agree with me that 
it's not really. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I have teenagers. I'm trying to teach them this to, to realize that, unfortunately, in this digitally connected world, people can see some things. Now, like I said, though, we do not go out of our way to look for what anyone is doing. But mostly what we're looking for is, is there malicious traffic going on, the things that we need to prevent, do we need to protect it? But every now and then, you do get a request from a manager, et cetera, saying, hey, I've got this particular employee that's spending, not getting all their work done. How much time are they spending on the Internet? And I will tell you, we can tell them that information. So all right. the looking is out there. All right. Well, uh, Wiltz, thanks so much for being on today. Wiltz Couture and uh, Jeremy Thompson, thank you for being on today as well. That's going to wrap us up here on Everyday Tech. If you did not get to call. Oh, you want to do the haiku? Yeah, yeah, I got my haiku. All right. We have about 20 seconds. Touch bar is stupid. Save your $2,400. Buy something better. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Jeremy. (laughs) If if you didn't get to call us, you can send us an email always to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Thanks, Jonas, for running the board. I think Liz Gill was the call screener. Stay tuned. Southern Remedy is coming up next right here on MPB Think Radio.